0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Sunday, July the 31st, 2022. It is currently 5.58 p.m. Central Time. I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas, and I would like to welcome you to a brand new week of Bible study the first Bible study exercise for the month of August, and hopefully it will be a decent one because we've had some very, we've had some very questionable ones for the month of July, not because of the content, not because of what we were studying, just because so many things got in the way that really took away from the quality of those studies. But I promise you, in any way, shape, or form, I can return, circle back around to some of those Bible study exercises that we worked on in July that we did not really do a decent enough job, maybe didn't finish everything, didn't come up with enough answers, whatever the case may be, I will definitely find a way to get back to them somehow. Okay. I just, I just need everything to get back to normal. And then, and then hopefully maybe by the end of August, I can say, look, guys, the month of August was the best month ever for our Bible study exercises. Right. And would would everyone agree? I hope by the end of August, everyone was like, wow. July was questionable, but August was amazing. I'm going to have to be somewhat hopefully optimistic that August is going to be great because well, if to if to not have that optimism will then just be discouraging and probably uh lead to a bad month of Bible study. But that's all you can do when 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 you're trying to when you're trying to do systematic daily, weekly continual Bible study. You're going to have good times and you're going to have difficult times. And all you can do is when things go wrong or there's just problems or difficulties or you fall behind, just get back up where you are and do the best that you can. That, that's that's the way it works uh, because not everything in life, I, I know this is a shock, but not everything in life cooperates with your desire for Bible study. Don't you hate that? Hey, I'm going to commit myself to weekly, daily Bible study. And then it seems like as soon as you say that, boom, this happens, this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. And then you're like, wait, could things actually cooperate? But no, it seems like as soon as you mention you want to study the Bible, everything can, can really, it feels like attempts to sabotage what you're trying to do, but you just have to stay consistent with it. So we're going to try to, in a sense, get back up. Or at least I'm going to try to get back up and hopefully have a great week of Bible study. Now, I know we didn't finish everything last week. I know. I know we were working on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 last week. And I know there's still some things we need to do. And we'll find a way to get back to it. But we have to move forward because we're, we're following the curriculum so let's do that. So welcome, everyone, to, again, a new week, a new month of Bible study exercise. I hope you're ready. Remember, there's curriculum available. Just email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Say, I want the curriculum. Boom, I'll send you the link. It's there. Please utilize it. For those who have signed up for the curriculum, please utilize it. Be looking at it. Be reading it. Ask questions about it. Any Anything that you see, whether it's an agreement or disagreement, Because that sometimes makes it an easy episode for me to go, someone asked this question or someone had made this observation about what's in the curriculum. And that's just, that's just extra bonus material for everyone. Because most likely, whatever you saw, whatever your observation was, whatever your question is, there's probably plenty of other people with the same question who just didn't bother to ask it. So please uh, make the most out of that. Let's get more from it. And so that we can... uh, hopefully benefit as many people with it as possible, all right? But are you ready? Okay, here's what I want you to do, all right? Before we do the official introduction to this week's Bible study exercise, remember the goal of these Bible study exercises is to get you actually involved in Bible study, not just to listen to me say, hey, here's three points. No, it's it's to get you actually studying. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down three I want you to write down three passages of scripture, okay? Just I want you to write down the references, all right? Here we go. Number one, Luke chapter 10, 25 to 37. Now, you remember that. You remember that Bible study exercise, right? Where we're trying to figure out, who, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor, right? Because that's very, very important. And, and what we really did in Luke 10, 25 to 37, if you think about it, is who are we to love, So I want you to write down Luke 10, 25 to 37, and then right underneath that, just write down, who are we to love? And Luke 10, 25 to 37 says, we are to love our neighbor. And who is my neighbor? Basically, anyone we come in contact with who has a need, who has anything that we can do for someone. I mean, basically, anyone we come in contact with, that is our neighbor. So who are we to love? Even it, well, we, we could take that apart, but just write down Luke 10, 25 to 37. I don't want to go reteach everything in Luke 10, 25 to 37, but there's plenty there. So Luke 10, 25 to 37, who are we to love? Then number two, what is love? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So so number so number one, we'll, we'll do it this way. Number one, Luke 10, 25 to 37, who are we to love? Then number two, 1 Corinthians 13, what is is love. If I'm, if I am told I am supposed to love my neighbor, I can convince myself that I'm doing that if I basically am able to define love any way that I want. But when we look to first Corinthians 13 and we figure out, wait a minute, that's what love is. Well, then I guess what I fall short. I don't love my neighbor the way I'm supposed to. And you don't love your neighbor the way you're supposed to because we fall very short of what love is supposed to be according to 1 Corinthians 13. This is very important because immediately we realize we're called to love our neighbor, but we're never going to do so appropriately. So the only way we're ever going to hope to be saved or right before God is we need someone who can love neighbor the right way with the right kind of love, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the one who love neighbor the correct way, with the right kind of love, and his obedience is imputed to us by faith, all right? So, but Luke 10, 25 to 37, write it down. Who are we to love, all right? Just, just remember Luke 10, 25 to 37, then write down 1 Corinthians 13, what is love? And just, I want you to just to really think about those two passages of Scripture again this week, all right? And then I want you to write down 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And I will read this to you. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. I exhort, therefore, that, first of all, supplications, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself, himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Wherefore, I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and uh, verity. I I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now, the reason I was pausing a couple of times, as soon as I start reading that, certain certain questions are coming right to my mind. And but that's okay. That's okay. So here's what we're going to do. Right? You wrote down Luke 10, 25 to 37. Who are we to love? You wrote down 1 Corinthians 13. What is love? Now you wrote down 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8. I know there's a lot there to take apart. Trust me, there are there is a lot there to take apart. But I want you to write this. Down. What? What love should motivate? Let, let's write it down. That. What? Or we can write it down. What should love motivate? What should love motivate? I, I want you just to write down that question. But First Timothy two one through eight, right? So. Number one, Luke 10, 25, 37. Who are we to love? Number two, 1 Corinthians 13. What is love? And number three, what should love motivate? Or, I'm sorry, number three, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8. Then write down, what should love motivate? I want you to spend this week reading those three passages of scripture. Just reading and 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 reading. Just just reading. Read them, okay? That's all I want you to do. But this is really what I want you to focus on. All right. This is this is your this is your real question. I want you to ponder. All right. Oh, there's so much here that we. I feel like that we have not answered, but that's okay. I want you to just think about the connection between love and prayer? What is the connection between love and prayer? Now, I know you're immediately going to say, well, this is so simple. This is so simple. This is so simple. This is so simple. Um, if you truly love people, you'll pray for them. I, okay, I'm not saying that there isn't a level of truth to that, but I guess what I, in my mind, what I'm thinking is, what should be the motiva- motivator to pray? Should, is love, Let me ask this way. Is it my love for others that should motivate me to pray? Or is it my love for God that should motivate me to pray? Or is it my love for both? Or does the Bible even tell us what should motivate us to pray? And the only reason I ask this is the curriculum clearly t- attaches. In fact, if you look at the curriculum, I'll just show you. If you open up the curriculum, Unit 2, Session 3, you'll see love your neighbor by taking their needs to God in prayer. They immediately connect your love with for neighbor with prayer. They immediately connect it. And it sounds so good, but I don't know if that is a situation where they are— and planting an idea in our mind that we will then therefore impose upon the text where the text does not give us this idea. Because you'll notice one word that is completely missing in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8. It does not appear one time in those eight verses. And that is the word love. The word love does not appear in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8. You don't believe me? All right, let's go through this again. First Timothy 2.1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all supplications, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So I exhort you. Doesn't say, hey, love should motivate you. It just says, Paul is saying, I exhort you uh, and to prayer and giving of thanks be made for all men. Oh, there's a lot. Oh, there's a lot we could do right there, right? Verse two, for kings, for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Please note, what's interesting is what seems to be the motivation for the prayer is that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. It doesn't seem to say anything about our love for them. It seems to be that the motivation is that things can go well for us. We're gonna be praying for them that things may go well for us. It almost seems like a self-centered motivation. Verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So so it places nothing about love, but that it's good and acceptable uh, in, in the sight of God our Savior. Now, we do have this, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, but uh, I guess the point is the word "love" does not appear anywhere in these eight verses. Doesn't appear anywhere. The curriculum. And poses the idea there and and look i could i could have turned on the microphone and went with the idea right i could have i could have played along because but well no actually you know i couldn't because i never i'm not good at coloring in the lines right you you give me a box of crayons you give me a picture to color and you say you know when you come back i'm not going to have colored within the lines i'm ne- I, I i know why those are artificial lines, just arbitrary. Who who put the lines there? I'm coloring outside the lines. In fact, I may not even color within the lines, just to try to prove a point, right? Because it just it just seems arbitrary. Who? I didn't put the line there, so why should I have to color within that line? I like to color outside the lines. Okay. So here, it yeah. I, if I if I would just you know go along to get along, it it works really well. See, Luke chapter ten. Are we to love? Well, that, that, Luke 10, 25 to 37, that makes sense. That fits. Well, what is love? That fits 1 Corinthians 13. Okay. Well, then obviously, I got to go with the love theme. I got to keep following it, right? Because now the the curriculum brings us to session three, and they want us to look at 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8. So obviously, I got to continue to follow the love theme because that's what they do love your neighbor by taking their needs to God in prayer. See? Well, wait a minute. The problem is, yes, 1 Corinthians 13 uses the word love. Yes, Luke 10, 25 to 37, love is, well, in fact, you can just look at it. Go to Luke 10. You remember. Luke 10. Okay. Um, Someone asked what they must do to have eternal life. And Jesus says, what is written in the law? And the person says, you are to love the Lord, that God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. All right, there you go. So the discussion of love, it, that's, the, that's a part of the question and answer that happens in the beginning of Luke 10. Love is being talked about. And then, well, it shows you who is my neighbor because the person is trying to justify themselves. And Jesus demonstrates who is your neighbor. That's who you are to love. So clearly love has something to do with that. So I can definitely understand the discussion about love dealing with Luke 10, 25 37, obviously 1 Corinthians 13, we know that has something to do with love. So that definitely makes sense. But they're just imposing the concept on 1 Timothy 2. And that is where I'm, I'm going to be stop. Now, I'm not saying that we can't discuss love here. I'm saying that what we need to do Together, is obviously we need to spend some time this week again reading Luke 10, 25 through 37. I want you to spend more time reading it again this week. Uh, and you say, well, I have already read it 15 times. Read it another 15 times. You can't read it enough, okay? It's God's Word. 1 Corinthians 13. Spend more time with it. But then I want you to look at Second 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8. And, I, and and this again, I just want you to be asking yourself what, what should be the thing that motivates our prayer life? What what should be the motivation behind our prayer? Is it love for God, love for neighbor, love for both, or does love have anything to do with it? Is it love for God, love for neighbor, or does love have anything to do with it? Now, you may, you may make an argument, love has something to do with it. Well, then this would be what you would need to find, find scripture that connects love and prayer. Now, it's got to be something specific because, the, I mean, they're dedicating an entire week of study to it, and the best they came up with is First Timothy 2, 1 through 8. And love is not even mentioned in in one of those verses. In those eight verses, love is not mentioned one time. Now, I'm not saying that love can't be spoken of. I'm just saying it's interesting that love is not mentioned as a motivating factor here, as a driving force, as an influence. You say you're, you're, you may be you may be arguing. You're making something to you. You're making a big deal out of nothing. No, I'm not. I think I think first of all, it's just important to realize how Bible study curriculums, preaching, teaching, Sunday school lessons, so much just imposes things upon a text. And I hate when things are imposed upon a text. It drives me nuts. So that's what we're going to work on. So I want you to just consider 1 Timothy 2, but all all week, I just want you just thinking about this. What should motivate prayer? What is the biblical motivation for prayer? Oh, that's a better way of saying it. Now, what should love motivate? I'm not saying it shouldn't motivate prayer, but I just want us to know what what is, what should truly be the motivation for prayer? What should truly be the thing that motivates prayer? Like what really should be the motivating factor? See if this makes sense. Since we should have already, you know, we, we didn't, we weren't able to really take this apart more, but in our discussion about what is love, First Corinthians 13, our, our lack of actual discussion because of my COVID situation, you can still hear a little bit of my voice, but we're getting better, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully by tomorrow. I'm hoping, I keep saying that every day, tomorrow it's going to be completely gone and it keeps lingering and lingering and lingering, but okay. I think that we can acknowledge that we do not—I mean, I, we we have to acknowledge. We do not love our neighbor as ourselves. We fall short. We definitely do not love God the way we are supposed to. We fall short of that. We do. That's why we need Jesus Christ, because we fall short of that. When we look at what love actually is, according to 1 Corinthians 13— We fall way short of that. I don't think we have a biblical love. So so much of our love is corrupted by so many other concepts other than biblical love. So if love is what motivates our prayer, and we don't love people the way we're supposed to, then that's going to negatively impact our prayer life. So is prayer a good motivator? Is prayer a good motivator when we know we're not going to love people the way we should? Or is love a good motivator for prayer when we know we're not going to love people the way we should? Hopefully I said that correctly. And then what happens? I mean, we're supposed to love our our enemy, right? We're supposed to love our enemy. Now, we know we fall short of that because Christians in many cases don't pray for their enemies the way they should I just I just think that that would make our prayer life really inconsistent and up and down because I think our 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 well, see, love is not supposed to be a feeling. We we, we never really, had, we we never came to a good answer on that either, right? How do we understand the biblical concept of love is not supposed to be about an emotion or a feeling. It's quote unquote a verb. It's action. It's not feelings. However, our whole experience with love has everything to do with emotions. So how do we reconcile those two? We, nobody, nobody sent me a good answer at all. No, I don't think anyone even suggested an answer on that. So I guess maybe if we had biblical love, that would be a good motivator for prayer because, well, it wouldn't have anything to do with our emotions or feelings, so it would be consistent. It's just funny that 1 Timothy 2 just doesn't mention the word. In fact, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to open the curriculum really quick because now I'm just curious. I'm just, I'm just fascinated now. All right, I'm going to go to the adult personal study guide. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. Um. I don't think I, it just basically connects. Basically, they go on. This is how they kind of introduce it. If we if we are to carry out the Lord's command commandment to love others as ourselves, we must be trained. And just please note, if we're to carry out the Lord's commandment to love others as ourselves, we're we're never going to carry out that command. We're ne- we're always going to fall short. Now again, I, I agree we should pursue it, but we're never going to do it. Okay, so. Christianity is so weird. Christianity constantly believes that we can do these things that we obviously can't do. We fall short. But please note, if we're to carry out the Lord's commandment to love others as ourselves, we must be trained by the Holy Spirit. So again, it's the the never-ending cycle that we keep finding ourselves having to deal with. Anytime you look at any Christian material, it's always like, here's what God tells you to do, and you can do it. It's the never-ending cycle. I don't know how long Christians are going to live in delusion that we somehow pull these things off. We've, we, we've got 2,000 years of church history showing how how much we fall short of all of these things, but okay, all right. Um, it says, and one of the primary ways the Holy Spirit grows and shapes us in, uh, is through prayer. When we pray for others, we are building a spiritual skill and strength we need to love like Jesus loves. So they seem to be making the argument, well, the way you're going to love, prayer is what, is this is when we pray that builds the spiritual skill and strength you need to love others so prayer is not love is not the motivation to pray they're almost making the argument prayer is the development of love for others no, in other words love doesn't motivate prayer prayer is what builds up love for others That's interesting. So you pray even though you don't love, but that will develop love for others. So they don't see love as the motivating factor. They see prayer is the thing that develops the love. Love is not the thing that motivates the prayer. That's that's kind of interesting. Do you think prayer develops love? Do you think the way to love people is to pray for them? And the more you pray for them, then love will be developed for them. In other words, love doesn't motivate it. Prayer is what it, develops it. See, that's what I want you thinking about this week. All right. Yeah. Okay, so... Someone says that's how they're reading it, too. Yeah, they, they seem to be arguing that it's, it's uh, love doesn't motivate prayer. Prayer is what develops love. Now, they're still connecting love to prayer, which, again, f- I find interesting in a passage where lo- the word love is not mentioned one time. Okay, I do find that interesting. They're still imposing the concept on it. In other words, I, I don't, it would be interesting if I, in fact, now I kind of regret my approach this. What I should have done is nobody look at the curriculum. Okay, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8. I want you to outline it, and then I want you to give me the, what what is its, summarize its teaching. I would wonder if in anybody's summary would the word love appear? I don't think in anybody. And I don't think love would appear in anyone's summary of of First Timothy two one through eight because the word is not even there. They're just imposing it there. Because the the study is love your neighbor, basically the definition of love. And so, well, we got to keep the concept of love going. Um, So that that's fine. Well, there there, there's no out. We're not doing outlines right now. Someone said they can. I can outline it. That's you could, but now you already know what I would only want people to outline it right now in order to see if they would come up with the summary of love. But love is not there. It's not mentioned one time. So here's what I want you to do again. Just just a reminder. Luke 10, 25 to 37, just read that again this week, just spend time in it, read it, talk about it, right? Uh, Luke 10, 25 to 37, who are we to love, all right? We, we've talked about it, all right? We've talked about it, we're good to go there, right? Just, just spend some time looking at it. Then 1 Corinthians 13, read, 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 what is love, all right? We, we didn't answer all the questions in regards to that, but there we go. And then 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8, And I'm just going to put down, you can just put this down, what, what love or what should love motivate? What should love motivate? And the only reason I'm putting that there or, well, we'll still put that down. We'll still put that down, even though the curriculum kind of goes in somewhat of a different direction. And then 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8, just read it and read it and read it and read it. But all I want you to think about at the beginning of this week is I want you to just Really, I want you to ask yourself, should should love motivate prayer or does prayer develop love? Should prayer... Should love motivate prayer? And when and when you're thinking about this, I want you to: should it be love for God, love for others, or love of both? What what should motivate prayer? And again, I I have a hard time with that because we already know we're not going to love people the way we're supposed to. We're not going to love God the way we're supposed to. So if that's supposed to motivate prayer, our prayer life is going to be massively inconsistent because we don't love the way we're supposed to. All right, but should love motivate prayer? Right or this is now the second thing i want you to consider should is it prayer that develops love should love motivate prayer or does prayer develop love i want you to just go back and forth on that and i want you to see which scriptures you can find that would say no this scripture clearly seems to indicate that love motivates prayer or no this scripture seems to indicate that prayer develops love I want you to to just, what scriptures would you even put there? I I don't even know where to begin there. I just find it interesting that the curriculum is like, no, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8, and it it doesn't even mention the word. Doesn't even mention the word one time. So, Luke 10, 25 to 37. Who are we to love? 1 Corinthians 13, what is love? 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8, what, what should love motivate, right? Because that's, we, we got to have some connection. Because again, if you go back to the curriculum, and if you, before you open the curriculum, if you look at its description, I'm going back, if it will load, love love your neighbor by taking their needs to God in prayer. So here, the, the, the description seems to indicate that if you love your neighbor, you will pray for them, so that love should be the thing motivating it. But once you open the curriculum, it seems to indicate, no, 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 prayer is how you develop your love. So it's, it's like, which direction are they going? Because they seem to be uh, indicating two possibly different things there. So I just want you to think about that again. Should love motivate prayer or does prayer develop love? And you say, well, both are true. I need some scriptural support because they offer 1 Timothy 2 and the word love doesn't show up anywhere. I know I'm being repetitive, but I'm being repetitive to make sure that there's clarity because I'll get some email going, I don't quite understand what I'm supposed to do this week. Luke 10, 25 to 37, spend the week in it. Read it, read it. You say, I've already read it. Read it another fifty times, okay? It's It's God's word. You should never get tired of reading the same thing, okay? First Corinthians 13, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. And then First Timothy two, one through eight, read it, read it, read it. Read it. And then just you get you kind of get the freedom to just ponder these two concepts. Should love motivate prayer, or does prayer develop love? Go. Now, your job is to find any scripture that would support your answer either way. But I, I would think that the word love would probably need to be appear in it. I, I would think. <laughs> I just find it funny that the curriculum, I mean, it's just funny. On the outside, the description of the curriculum, love your neighbor by taking their needs to God in prayer. Hey, if you really love your neighbor, you will pray for them. So your love for neighbor should motivate it. And then you you open up the curriculum. Okay, I just went to the wrong one. Hang on. If you open up the actual adult study guide, okay, then you you go down and you read the, the last paragraph there, Um If we are to carry out the Lord's commandment to love others as ourselves, we must be trained by the Holy Spirit. And one of the primary ways the Holy Spirit grows and shapes us is through prayer. When we pray for others, we're building a spiritual skill and strength we need to love like Jesus loves. So then inside the curriculum, they are like, no, 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 no. You need, you're need. you supposed to love. That's You're commanded to do so. But the only way that's ever going to happen is you, it's got to be developed. And the way that love is developed is through prayer. So on, on the outside of the curriculum, the description seems to say, Wait, because if you truly love your neighbor, you're going to pray for them. And then inside the curriculum, it's like, hey, you're supposed to love your neighbor, but you can't do that. Well, until you start praying for them, because that's what will develop the love. And it's like, those are two. You've got one as the motivator, and you've got one as as, prayer is either love is the motivator for prayer, or love, or prayer is the way that develops love. It's two completely different concepts. Now, I know you're like, nobody else would have ever caught that. Well, okay, but I... I do <laughs> because I've got problems. Okay. Because I look at everything. Well, Wait a minute. And What about this? And what about that? But I think it's, I think it's an interesting conversation. I think it's an interesting conversation that we need to have this week. There you go. That's no, that's no big assignment. That's no, that's nothing difficult. That's nothing hard. All right. I'm not making you do a, Topical method on on prayer. I'm not doing make a thematic uh, study on prayer. I, I'm not giving you any major thing to do. You just get a lot of freedom to have hopefully good conversations this week. Now, who knows where that's going to go? Now, depending on the conversations, we may. Who knows where we're going to end up? We'll do some work on First Timothy two, but there's a lot there we could get way bogged down in and miss the concept on prayer here. But we'll we will see. We will see. All right. Someone said thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you're not saying anything. I know. You just hear that right there. You hear that? Because I'm just like, hmm. Now, I'm perplexed here. I'm, I'm a little... Again, I'm just fascinated that they chose a passage of Scripture that did not even mention the Word. I'm just fascinated by it. But okay, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, brand new week, brand new month of Bible study. Let's hope it was better than some of the weeks in July. Let's hope August turns out to be the best month, the Bible study that we've had in a long, long time. That's the hope. We will do what we can. And I, we, and and the reason I gave you the Luke 10 and the First Corinthians 13 is because we'll try to weave that some of that back into this as well. So I want you all of, I'm going to try to bring all of this together so that we can make sure we're not missing out on anything. So we'll... We'll, we'll, we'll try to make it interesting and make it creative and hopefully make it uh, beneficial. So thanks for listening. Again, email me newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great evening, a great week. God bless.